0: So. Yeah, so I think the probably most relevant part of this is kind of when I discovered the Enneagram. Um, so my friend in 2019, like late 2019, she she was just like, she was helping me through like, life <laughs> and do like the hardships of life. And so um, she recommended the Enneagram to me. And so I looked it up and I love personality. So I, I know what my Myers-Briggs is. And so I know everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredibly accurate. And it was kind of like scary. And like, yeah, it was really weird. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that, so I, I tried to like, you know, get into it. Like I saw like a lot of Instagram pages and I just was like noticing like there isn't a lot of like black content creators or even like I couldn't find at the time black teachers about on the enneagram and so I kind of like put it on the side and I was like oh whatever I'm just gonna stick with my Myers-Briggs and you know (laughs) focus on that and then um I was taking a class I was a senior 2020 I just graduated from college and so my, my senior year I was taking a class called creativity and innovation and in that class our professor was telling us like one of our projects was to um create or find like a project that was like novel and innovative that no one else was doing. And so for me at the time, what I thought was being novel and innovative was to create a black Enneagram page. Um, just like kind of infusing the Enneagram and Black culture as much as best as I could, because I'm still like learning Black culture. Even as a black person, I'm learning Black culture. And so yeah, like <clears throat> just infusing those two things. Um, and that's kind of what how my black page came to be was just me yeah doing it for school and then pandemic hit and I had a lot of time in my hands. I just used that to draw. I got an iPad for my graduation present. And so that was like the perfect opportunity for me to finally start. So. Hey
1: guys, thanks for joining in today at Ash and Ivy. I am totally giddy about our guest. At the top of my notes, I wrote myself this. Be yourself, love genuinely, listen to her. This is her space. Breathe and enjoy the moment because oh, I was so nervous. She has a lot of fans. But our guest today is Dio, creator of the Black Enneagram page on Instagram. She is so smart and creative. Her tagline reads, creative like the creator. And oh my goodness, that gets me every time. Such a powerful message. How would your life change if you believed that about yourself? Creative like the creator. So Dio said yes to being a guest on our show, and it is such an honor to have her we definitely want to soak up all of her experience and love this is the thing she gives us such a taste of god's goodness and it's important for us as women as christians as a friend to be able to enter into a conversation ready to love with compassion ready to listen we all agree right there's so much division and it feels like people are set in defense mode but for us to enter into a space of healing, we need to be wrapped and set in love without fear, without comparison, stealing our joy, just love, just mindfulness towards the other person's good. This conversation was so much fun. I loved Dio instantly and am incredibly thankful for her time. She is doing brave and amazing things, things that are brilliant. She saw a need and combined several things she loves with the need, and voila, the Black Enneagram was born and has exploded. It's a fusion of her Nigerian culture, her Black culture, the current needs of the world, and her love for entertainment. The Enneagram is a powerful tool that allows us to know ourselves and those around us in a much deeper way. If you don't know your number, get in touch with me, and I'll definitely point you towards a quiz for finding it out because it is the most fun, but Dio wasn't seeing it being used in the black community that much. So she found a way to bring it in. So she takes her favorite TV shows and she types or labels the characters by their Enneagram number. Genius idea. She also takes scripture and pairs it with an Enneagram number. So on point actually. So check it all out on her Instagram at the black Enneagram. Dio is young. She just graduated college, but she sees this world with amazing clarity and is full of wisdom. I love how she describes how letting go of perfectionism has allowed her to be reintroduced to God, not as a fearful, um, legalistic, just condemning oppressive God who's, you know, to be afraid of or feared, but instead as one who embraces all of her, including including her culture, her weaknesses, her strengths, her passions, her love for life, or her creativity. He embraces that. He loves that. He cherishes it. And in fact, he made her that way. So she has a remarkable grace-filled balance of enjoying life, using humor and entertainment to address the hard and true current issues we are facing. She does not ignore them but teach us out of a place of genuine love. I am excited to live in a time like this with people like her. And I know you're going to love her too. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the Enneagram. We, my family went to the beach um, and there were like 13 of us wow. and we all sat around and took the test and that. then <laughs> like we'd. <laughs> we just okay so we like started at number one and we read the description and said like who do you think is a one in the room like it was some sort of mystery <laughs> and um and then we went to number two and like guessed who was the two in the room and just kind of figured out who everybody was
0: I love that I deal with my friends too my friends came over one time and I just like wanted to know what their time. like I think it's a good like bonding exercise like gets like yeah. how well someone else knows you it's great <laughs>
1: It is so much fun. So I got my husband wrong three
0: times,
1: (laughs) three times, and I'm a three. So I was like, right, I cannot be wrong three times, (laughs) Um, but it totally changed like our entire marriage. I mean, because he's not, I thought he was a one and he's not, he's a six. And so it was like, oh, you really are just loyal and sweet. And, um, you know, whereas I don't know, you had, I had some misunderstandings, which I mean, you can have multiple, your personality is more complex than just one Enneagram type, but anyway, so have you studied it beyond I mean, how, how do you learn about the Enneagram? Right.
0: So, so far I have been relying on like articles, podcasts, and books. I'm starting my training coincidentally this weekend. So I kind of, I want to get certified. That's my goal. Um, so I'm starting it this weekend. Hopefully by the end of 2021, I will be certified. And like, I'll, it was like, I mean, I, the content I make, I do do lots of research behind it, but I think that it's not, it's always great to have that behind you, like in your back pocket because yeah, it's just important. <laughs> So yeah, that's where mm-hmm. I'm at in the learning stage. Is just like relying on podcast articles and books. To What's your out.
1: favorite resource? Yeah. yeah,
0: podcasts. Podcasts are the easiest for me because I can just like, read, like listen to them on the go when I'm driving. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think my favorite podcast is the one with Steph. Steph who's from Nine, Nine Types Co. It's called Ask an Coach. And it's great. Like she, her voice is just so soothing. Like she's just an, awesome, an amazing person, like just all together. So that's what I listen to the most.
1: I've never heard of that one. Her name's Stephanie or Steph. Yes. Cool. That's awesome. And is she mostly teaching about it or is that right. her purpose? So,
0: yeah. So she, yeah, she has her, her Instagram page and then she also has the podcast. And so the pod, I feel like they're complementary to each other. Like she, but she is a, she is a teacher and she kind of expands it in a sense that she talks about like, the, she talks about certain topics in combination with the games, so like money in the game, or like relationships in uh. the. Instagram. Yeah. like therapy and the internet actually like puts things together that may not fit in your mind, but like, I actually are like super, super interrelated. So yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you do the same thing. I mean, I love all the things. So you're, how did you, let's back up. Okay. <laughs> Tell, <laughs> we jumped right in and I'm so excited. I want to hear every detail about that. Let's back up. Tell us like, who, just tell us who you are, mm-hmm. what you're about, um, give us a little background information. Right.
0: Um, so I, my name is Dayo, and that name doesn't sound very familiar in American spaces, so I'm Nigerian. <laughs> I was born okay. in Nigeria, and so I came to, I came to the States when I was two, I and mean, I live, I've lived in the States ever since, um, so I kind of, when I was talking about earlier about how like I'm still learning black culture, like I grew up in a Nigerian household and so black culture and Nigerian culture are very, very different things. And so that's kind of an important thing to know about myself. Um, What else? I have five siblings. I don't know if that's important or not, but I have five siblings. (laughs) It's a lot of us. Um, I went to college in Georgia. So that's where I've been the last four years is in Georgia. I went to an all women's college, Agnes Scott College. So it was, that was a great experience, great fun. I really I really wanted to go to an all-women's college, so I'm glad I got, I got to do that.
1: <laughs> you did? Yes. So how did that come about? Why did you want that?
0: Yeah, I don't know. So, okay, it's, it's kind of a long story, but my high school, so I, from when I was trying to move from high, middle school to high school, I really wanted to go to a private, like private all-girls Catholic school, I didn't get in. So I was so sad. I was like, you know what? When college comes around, I'm going to find a way to get into all women's, all women's college. That was, that was very devastating. I really cry about stuff like that. I was really, like in tears. I really wanted to go because I just, I don't know, just, I just like like the camaraderie that women have with each other when they're, when they're, you know, in a classroom together. And so it's going to be really interesting going to law school and being in class with guys. I think it'll be different and an adjustment. But yeah, I just love, I love the environment. Like it's just girl power. <laughs>
1: yes. That is awesome. And so what did you go to undergrad for?
0: Business. So I did business for my undergraduate degree. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And so I know we said this earlier, but just so we get it in the right order here. You have been accepted to Berkeley.
0: Yes, yes. Tell us all about that. (laughs) Oh, geez. Congratulations. Thank you you so much. That has been a lifelong dream as well. I've wanted to go there since high school. Um, I just think that California is is, like, my space. Like that's where I'm, I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be. For some reason, I don't even know what's, like, drawing me there. Um, i wanted to go there for a very long time, and I've see, I feel like everything around me has been confirming that, and so to actually see it come into fruition, it's been, like, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if you're a Christian, but, like, yeah, like, I feel like, I really, I really feel like God was, like, I, I, and I think the journey is, is, is long, And I, I talk about the whole journey. You will be here all day, but like, I've just seen God like confirm over and over again, like I'm on the right path. And I really need that like, as a one. I really need to know that I'm on the correct path. I'm not going the wrong way. <laughs> and so I think I
1: used those words last week. I got um, some, a little confirmation from my brother through a text and I said, I don't know why I need so much affirmation, but I needed that affirmation today. And my sister-in-law, she said, we all need affirmation every day. Everyone just doesn't show it right, right. the way maybe you do. <laughs> right, right.
0: That's, very, very true. That's very true. I think I definitely needed the affirmation and the confirmation from God that the legal field was my my purpose and like I wasn't you know doing something for the wrong reasons and so getting in was kind of just like God's like smile on me like you're like you know because like, I didn't get in with like my credentials of getting in weren't perfect like I didn't have the right quote-unquote the right LSAT score or even the like the, the right grades like everything wasn't perfect it was literally just God opening the door um, but mm-hmm. I can open on my own and so yeah
1: <laughs> so tell us like what are your goals with that and what do you hope to accomplish
0: yeah so my goal is to do entertainment law so i like work with music or tv um i currently work at a record label as an administrative assistant for one of the artists and so that was kind of me coupling my like so i've, I've done a lot of like legal internships in the past so i wanted to like find something that was more in the, in the music field and so this is that's where that job, this job came from um so yeah just me trying to find the intersection between music and the law or like just entertainment in general and the law. And so, yeah.
1: Interesting. Well, right. wow, that is fascinating. <laughs> I don't, I don't know much about that at all, but I know that on your Enneagram page, you label TV characters a lot oh, yeah. by their Enneagram,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, that's how the page started. That was my, my main intention for the page was to like type a bunch of black shows because when I when I was when I was first was like getting into the Enneagram, I really wanted to know <clears throat> my favorite show is a different world. And I really wanted to know what Enneagram type Whitley was and I could not find it anywhere and it was just it was just really heartbreaking to see that and so <laughs> I was like I'm going to type every single black show on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> that is my goal. <laughs> so
1: what all shows have you done or what are some of the ones that
0: I've done the Cosby show I,
1: mm-hmm. I, I, I saw you all- did Black Panther. Yeah.
0: Then black Panther. I've done Blackish. I've done Grownish. I've done. Uh, I've done This Is Us. I did the black characters on This Is Us. Um, what else? I try to. I try to stay away from like characters. That, I mean, not characters. Shows that are like popular in the indie game space, like The Office and uh, Friends. So I did Girlfriends. I don't know if you know the show Girlfriends. I did Living Living Single, which is also a very popular black show, like an oldie. Um, I've done a lot of shows. Dang.
1: Okay, so let's go back to This Is Us. <laughs> Yeah. Did, so Randall, then, <laughs> let me guess. Well, I'm gonna guess a one. Yeah, Could you <laughs> put him as a one.
0: I he a one. Yeah, I relate to him a lot in a, in a lot of ways. I think he's a self preservation one. I'm a social one, so we kind of are a little bit different. But yeah, I can definitely see him as a one for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. That's awesome. Well. Can we back up a little bit? You said you moved here from Nigeria Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and you have five siblings. So, which order, where are you in the five?
0: I'm the first daughter, but the second child. Okay. So, there's two on the ends. So, I have an older brother and then three girls in the middle and then a younger brother at the end.
1: (laughs) And are they, are any of them, I guess they're all still at home or?
0: Yeah, we're all at home. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yep, it's been a long time. That we've all been in the same space at one time. Yeah, it's been a while.
1: Yeah, and so your mom and dad are both from Nigeria.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're
1: both from Nigeria. More and more- what is? That's amazing. What brought them here?
0: Um, I mean, just like what every other immigrant family: opportunities, jobs, better life for your kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's incredible. Have you gotten to go back to Nigeria?
0: I have not. I have not. Not just yet. <laughs> Obviously, Is that something you want? I think I want to do when I'm older and I have my own family. Um, I think I want to go with my own family, like my, you know, my, my husband and my children. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so when did you become a Christian? How did that come about?
0: 2014. I was in high school. So I was very small. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had attended a, um, I think like a worship night. And it was just so cool because I, I had never seen young people so it was a worship night led by young people like people who were in like college and i was like "Dang, you can be young and love jesus like i thought i had to wait till i was like 30 and 40 to like be serious about god <laughs> and it's told me seeing that i was like no like these people are in college like they're kids too like if, if they can do it i can like i want to to know the god they serve because they just it just was such a good like moment for me I didn't even know how to explain it but yeah I think seeing that like, that's what solidified it for me it was just like seeing young people like love and worship God together like the just the Holy Spirit in that room was just really really thick so I never I can never forget that feeling but yeah I've been a Christian for seven years March March 13th is my anniversary I guess yeah. <laughs> so it's been seven years and I think I even with that like I've gone on like a interesting journey I don't know if well I'll just share it so i so I think that when I first became a Christian I think that I had a very like legalistic view of the way like our faith my our faith works um but I think that last year with the way that like and I mean this in no disrespect but like I think the way that white evangelical Christians like reacted to the the Black Lives Matter movement and just like I've never seen Christians say the things that they said or did that they do the things they did against their own like you know it was like this is your sibling in Christ like you don't care like, you know what I mean it was just it was just really dif- difficult for me to reconcile that. And so last year was kind of me like stripping a lot of like things that were more cultural, like Christian, like cultural to like the white Christian space. Um, that wasn't authentic to myself um, that I was just doing because I thought that, oh, that's what all Christians do. Um, and it's not what all Christians do. It's a very, it's very much like a cultural thing. And so, yeah, this year has been, so last year was me stripping and this year kind of me re- rebuilding with a different framework, um, listening to different people, more diverse voices. Because I think I was looking at my people who I listen to, like the sermons I listen to, and they're all by, they were, they were in the past, all by white people. I was like, oh no, like this isn't, like I, I'm a black woman, like where are the voices that are speaking to you? Not necessarily speaking to like race. You don't have to talk about race, but like a black woman talking about Jesus. Like that's all I need. I don't need her to talk about race. It doesn't matter. Like it matters because I'm a black woman, but I think I need to see someone who looks like me talking about something that matters to me. Um, so that's kind of been my, me shifting and changing a little bit. Still, you know, Standing firm in like the fact that I'm a Christian, that staying grounded in the gospel, but not necessarily thinking that I have to follow like I don't even know what the word is like evangelical Christianity. Like it's not that's not it, it, it's it, it works for some people, It doesn't work for it doesn't work for me. So yeah, I feel like there's a sh- kind of a shift
1: coming through the Christian church in that regard globally. Yeah. I mean, I feel like unraveling and rebuilding and and even being reintroduced to your savior in a personal way is something that God's really inviting us into because so many of us have just been trapped into this small little view of who God is. And I'm honestly, it's just boring. It It
0: is. Oh my God. I don't want,
1: I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I want real life and I want to know a God who loves people and, um, I love that. I, I am so thankful that you share um, because that's exactly the space that I've been in Mm -hmm. and just expanding. I kind of call 2020, my year of expanding, like expanding my mind and expanding, just understanding of who people are and how beautiful God is in every single person. Right. right. Who have you kind of been following? Who do you like to listen to?
0: Yeah. I think my biggest one has been my Randy Miller. Um, who does Reclaim My Theology podcast? Um, I listen to every single episode, <laughs> follow it religiously, um, and I'm, so I, they're on the hiatus in, for January, so they're coming back in February. But I, yeah, it's it's an amazing podcast, and it really showed me like it, it's. I think for me, it showed me the separation between what is Jesus and what is white Christianity. <laughs> like it really broke it apart for me because I could like in my head I couldn't separate the two. I was like, oh, it's just there's just one thing, and so she does a really good job of like bringing certain sh- showing certain like. Certain characteristics of like white theology and you know, white theology. I don't know what the word is. so I'm gonna use that word for now. But like white okay. theology, um, and what actually like is just plain like Jesus and Christianity. So one of the aspects of that is like perfectionism, um, binary thinking, dualism. it's so, like the, the little things like that. Like I'm just like oh, I never thought of, of perfectionism as a like characteristic of white supremacy. I never like I was just like oh, I'm a one. We're just perfectionists. Like no like that mentality comes from somewhere Um, and it's being it was taught to us and it isn't necessarily the way that we have to operate it's just I think that we're just told that that's normal and that if you're a perfectionist and you're doing a good job and that's just not always the case so So tell
1: me more about that how did you unravel that what does it look like instead
0: right so I'm not necessarily a I'm a perfectionist in the fact that I want the world to be like perfect not necessarily that I need to be I mean I want to be perfect too but like Or rather i want to be i think that i want to be perfect i think that the word that she replaces with perfect is whole Mm -hmm. and i love that i appreciate that more because then it gives me room to kind of make mistakes and like you know go back to god and he makes me whole so yeah but i think has a has a social type one i think perfectionism looks different for me um i'm not super like nitpicky i mean i'm so about about certain things i think that in general i just prefer that the world just be a peaceful, great place where everyone is great and no one is you know, evil to each other. That's kind of the kind of perfectionism that I have pursued in the past. But I think that now I'm like more pursuing wholeness for the world and that may not look like this easy road. It may look like, you know, ups and downs and bumps on the road, but like, as long as we're going towards wholeness and towards righteousness, then that's, yeah, that's better than perfectionism to me. Girl, that's <laughs> good. That
1: is good. And so, how is that different than for other numbers? I mean, have you explored mm-hmm. that concept with?
0: I have not.
1: <laughs> I want you to tell me what the three is supposed to be thinking.
0: Oh but I God. think it's actually like, pretty similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for ones and threes, at least my my behaviors are very three, so I don't necessarily present as a one to people. Um, so I definitely, I think that that's kind of that makes more most sense for ones and threes to resonate with that, like. Pursue whole wholeness and not necessarily perfection. So yeah. Yeah,
1: and um, a, that concept of achieving for mm-hmm. favor wow. versus um, seeking out the that love be- of the Father and letting Him fill you.
0: Right, that's good. and yeah. that would be interesting conversation to have, like perfectionism for each type. Oh my goodness.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's good. I love the idea of just being able to see um, black people in different their, you know, that face in all different areas. So are there other areas? I mean, you've mentioned in the Enneagram and then you've mentioned in church. Are there other areas where you wish to see more of that?
0: The legal field for sure. <clears throat> that is probably the one that I'm thinking of next. It's just like, cause I don't know if you know the statistics, but there are five, so 5% of lawyers are people of color. And then, two. I oh know are black, not even people of color, are black. 5% are black. And then 2% are black women. So it's very, very much underrepresented. Underrepresented, And I think it's, I mean, there's so many factors. I mean, even when I was doing my journey, so I think the LSAT and like to apply, I was just like, who was going to help me? Like I'm, I was just, I'm a first generation. My parents aren't lawyers. Like, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't do that well on the LSAT because I just, I don't even know. Like, it just, it's just really difficult and it's really expensive to get like a a really good score. Like it it costs money to get a good score. Like you're paying for a good score almost. Um, Really? Yeah. You can, unless you want to study for like five years on the LSAT, maybe you can get it on your own, but like it takes a (laughs) long time to get a really really good score. Um, Yeah. And so I really, I think there's a lot, there's just too many barriers, too many financial barriers to getting into the legal field and then like people aren't targeting young people, young black people in general, just like when they're young about the legal field. I just don't know. I think that, and maybe, and also there's like this move, which is fine, but there's this move in like the younger generation where they're like, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to do, you know, I just, I just want to be a YouTuber or, you know, what I mean? like a Instagram huh. model. Like, you know, that's, that's what they want to do now. <laughs> Are we even ever gonna get to bring that number up? Because I just think that society is telling young people. I mean, even though it is true, like you cannot go to college and be super successful. The statistics are rare, but it's possible. So I don't know. I just wish a legal for had more representation.
1: Yeah. So have you found someone to follow? I've oh my god! No, that... no,
0: I've been very lucky. I've been very, very lucky because I went to school in Atlanta. Atlanta is basically like the black, you know, mecca. <laughs> So all black people, so many black people there. It was an amazing experience living in Atlanta. And so I, I met a lot of black female attorneys, but that's because I lived in an area that was full of black people. I can't imagine not living in an area full of black people. Like that's, it makes it much harder to find people. So I just got really, really lucky. But even though I was privileged, I, I don't think that everyone gets that experience.
1: Are you nervous about being on the Berkeley campus?
0: Yes, very much. Very, very much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I hope some of the women from Atlanta will stay in touch and support you. And
0: Yeah, I'm hoping so, too, because I was considering, so my second choice, if I, didn't, if I didn't get into Berkeley, my second choice would have been Howard, and so I had been so, like, ready to just go to Howard. Like, I was like, I'm not going to get into Berkeley, like, whatever. <laughs> so I was just so excited to, like, be in a Black space again, and now this amazing opportunity has presented itself, and so now I have to kind of reprogram my mind to be okay with being in Haramany white spaces, and I'm not used to that. Like I grew up in a like super suburban area, so I grew up around white like, people, but I made conscious decisions to have like Nigerian friends. Those are people who I just related to the most, and so it's gonna be interesting going to Berkeley and not being part of the majority the I'm used to in Atlanta.
1: <laughs> well, I I feel for you, um, but at the same time, I have. Z- zero doubt in my mind that you are going to own that space and just, I mean, look at the Black Enneagram. Your page on Instagram is, I mean, blowing up. People are just (laughs) like magnets just come into it so fast. Um, Has that been a community for you?
0: Oh, for sure. Very much. Very much. I think that, so as a one, this is me talking about myself, like in relation to what you're asking, but like as a one, I don't really struggle with loneliness a lot. But I think when the pandemic hit, I felt that really strongly. And so when the page blew up, I was like, oh, I have so many new friends. <laughs> so many new friends I can talk to whenever I want. People just love, I don't even know why. Like, people just love to engage with me, like, in my DMs, like, in comments. I'm like, oh, my, like, why? I'm just so grateful. <laughs> so I've had a lot of really great relationships that have, I've formed, even just, not even just with, you know, followers, but actually, like, with other big and pages, like, um, Chalk and Leaves. So yeah, we're. I really like. I really like Joanna from um, Chalk and Leaves. And then who I recently did a collaboration with, Christina Wilcox. Uh, that was really fun. Just like getting to know like these other indie gamers who, like, kind of. That, I, I think one thing I do have to mention is like when I first got into the space, I was very afraid. And people would look at it and be like why are you you know what I mean like just why are you trying to make why are you trying to be divisive you know I'm like why why, why can't we just all have one page and you know I mean like just a very like your page is divisive and someone did come come to me with that energy but I think that most people have been very like I'm so glad you're here like I'm just so glad that you decided to make this page and been very inviting and been very like very like wanting to collaborate with me um and so yeah I just I didn't expect I did not expect that at all I kind of I think I'm used to white women, especially being like, she's trying to take our spot. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just, Mm. I'm so used to that, that when, when it didn't happen, I was like, oh, like y'all actually, you know, you're, you're here to embrace me. So (laughs) yeah, it's been fun.
1: (laughs) That's really cool. Well, do you feel, I mean, what was your intention in starting the page? Is that part of the function of the page to bring, make space for
0: women and Mm-hmm. I think the, my intention at first was just to bring Black culture into the Enneagram. Um, whatever that looked like. I think at the beginning it looked like um, typing TV shows, and I think now it looks like education, and looks like you know just kind of kind of doing what, and this may sound bad, but like doing what the white Enneagrammers are doing, but like with a Black twist. So that's kind of where I am right now because I don't. I mean, this is just super new for me. Like they've been at this for like years, and I'm kind of new. So I'm kind of like looking at them for like ideas and then giving it like a cultural, <clears throat> a cultural look. And so yeah, that was my intention was just to bring a little color <laughs> to the space a little bit. So yeah.
1: Well, you've brought lots of color and <laughs> lots of fun. I think people gravitate to your page because you're so relaxed mm-hmm. and you have an art of blending. The really important things that need to be said with laughs and fun and easygoing, laid back, real, like you're just, you're vulnerable. Like (laughs) I guess the other day he
0: posted about, what did you like ask a guy out online? That was yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was that was interesting. <laughs> How did that go? no <laughs> so, I think it's a it's a complicated situation because like he isn't like necessarily a person that like lives in my proximity, and so I was just I was just I was just pondering like I think my my initial intention was to find out like is it you are white women more likely to like be more like oh I like you you know and to, like very maybe more honest and blunt about their approach to guys and I think more I think black women I think black women who I know are very much like, oh, he's just gonna figure it out. He's, he's just gonna, you know what I mean? Like, he can read my mind. I don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? I, but I, I think I realized after doing that poll, like, no, like both sides, <laughs> both sides do both. Um, I think for me, I've been taught in the Christian culture and our Christian culture that women should just, you know, be quiet and wait for him to come and don't tell him anything. Don't even hint, just like, trust the Holy Spirit is going to lead you guys together. <laughs> and I'm like, that's awesome. That's great for some people. And that, 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 that has worked. i, I people share stories about how like Lily, like just the whole experience bringing them together and that's awesome but i think that a lot of people who are single women who are single are suffering because they think that they can't go and tell someone that they like them <laughs> like right. i've done that i've been that girl who like i would see someone i like and then i'd be like okay i'm just gonna stare at them or like look at them for hours and then they would come the next like couple months and they have a girlfriend and i'm like i could have just said something <laughs> So I was just I, I think I, I reached a point of like frustration with that I'm like I don't even care like if I like you I'm gonna say something and I I just <laughs> that was the purpose so yeah so I did message him um a couple of days ago but like I, I think like I said the comp is complicated because he's more like a he's not well known well known but like he has kind of a, a following he's a musician and so he probably has like hundreds of dms you know what I mean like he's probably <laughs> not gonna see it <laughs> but I thought I would do it just because you know I just feel like And maybe this is a product of my, like, newfound, like, just not putting myself in this, like, Christian girl box anymore. Because my old self would have been like, no doubt, this is not Christian, like, Christian girls don't do this. (laughs) But I think that as I've gone come out of that space, it's just like, well, what is it, like, what do you mean Christian girls? What does it mean to be a Christian girl? Like, no. What are you (laughs) going to
1: lose? Right, right. Yeah. That's funny. You have to keep us updated. I'm dying to know. (laughs) your (laughs) Cheers. fun so um i loved what you did with um is it christina wilkes mm-hmm. is that right? uh so how enneagram are you yeah <laughs> that was hysterical so what tell me about that a little bit
0: so it came about because she posted something in her stories about something so she's married and her husband has told her a story about um something that he had done that was very like enneagram nine-esque <laughs> So funny! This is hilarious. Like, I wonder what other you know people have stories like this that they want to share. And so we we talked a couple weeks ago, and we like we gathered responses from people. So these are actual responses from actual people. Um, these are not. So tell me you know, one of your favorites. My favorite one was the four. <laughs> so the four. I don't know if you read it, but the four one. She and I've done this even though, though I'm not a four. When I'm in stress, I do this. So this girl's story is that she had gone to sleep. And she had dreamed that she, her dog had died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up the next day, and she's, like, in a, in a depression. And she doesn't even have a dog. And I was like, that's so me." <laughs> like, I've done that with, like, like, with guys. Like, where I would, like, have this, like, relationship in my head going. And I would, like, break up in my dream. And then I'd be so sad when I wake up. I'm like, this guy doesn't even exist. <laughs> I do it all the time. And so that was my favorite one. That's my favorite one.
1: <laughs> that is... So funny. I yeah, I did laugh a lot about that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um Oh goodness. Where do you see this page going? Like what do you want for it now? No,
0: that's a really good question. I've been asking myself that, that question for a
1: while. You said that influencers aren't very, you know, not going to college and being a pretty right. on Instagram, but
0: you can, like right. you're <laughs> doing this amazing thing right, right and that's 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 the balance the balance that i'm looking for i'm really hoping that when school does start that i'm not going to like just abandon the page um because i really want to do both like i think that i i think my page and like me as a person is an example like you don't have to forsake one to have the other you can be a creative person and still have like a full-time job that you love um and so i think that's kind of what i want it's just to continue the page grow it and teach more i think that's that's kind of where i am right now to teach more on the Instagram. Um, Because I think the Black community prizes like the Zodiac signs more right now. And so for me, it would be a huge win to see the Enneagram become like a big part of Black culture. That would be, oh my goodness, that would make me so happy. Um, Because I just just like the Enneagram is way more like helpful than the Zodiac signs are right now. Um,
1: I mean, it feels like you've been spied on. Like when you read your Enneagram, it feels like somebody's been watching you in your house.
0: (laughs) That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. And it also offers, like, so many, like, tips for growing and transformation. Like, that's what everyone needs. So, yeah.
1: How do you balance kind of the negatives with, with pursuing wholeness from God and not letting the Enneagram weaknesses kind of define you or, or mm. let it just be?
0: That's a really good question. So you're, you're asking balancing, like, the gospel with the Enneagram, like, not allowing. Is that what you're asking? Sorry.
1: Well, sometimes we can,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the Enneagram is so accurate in looking at us that it's like, oh, well, that's just who I am then. Maybe I don't need to change it or let God mold it. Right. You know, we're going to let Him use it, but not right, necessarily right. fix it.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: I know that um, a lot of people, like I think the three at, with maturity can grow into a seven. Um, and so maybe that's part of of what that looks like as you right, shift right. into your place of health.
0: That's a good point. I think that the yeah our growth points might be that it's like you're not you are you, yes you are your number, but like like the when you're growing you see different aspects of yourself come out. Like when you actually are putting like the work into practice. So like you said, ones um, go to seven in growth, and so for me that has looked like not being as rigid and like boxy as I usually am Um, and I I can see myself even just talking to like being that like I allow myself to say things I usually would never tell anybody (laughs) but I would literally just be like this is like not planned like we didn't plan anything like this is a very spontaneous conversation (laughs) very
1: spontaneous conversation which I am loving and here for (laughs) tell me everything
0: and usually I would be so freaked out by like no plan no no system but I think that I've really just been enjoying just just talk about anything because that's kind of how life is. It's like, life isn't always planned. And so, yeah, I think I, I think that's what I've, I've been seeing in my growth is just letting God do what he does (laughs) and not kind of putting him on this like schedule or like timetable. Even like with my, the way that I relate to God and like my quiet time, like it doesn't look the way it used to look. And so, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense or if that answers your question, but yeah.
1: Totally. So what kind of quiet times Mm. what does that look like yeah, if so,
0: right so in the past I had a very like hey you have an hour to do this right <laughs> you can't come out of this hour and you spend 30 minutes doing this 30 minutes minutes praying then 30 minutes reading your bible 30 minutes of worship it's a very like you know structured and I realized I, even when I was even when I was a younger Christian I really didn't like that I was like this is not very exciting this is not very fun um, but I kept doing it because I mean, this is what everyone else does. And so, um, I think last year, this, a little bit of last year and this year, I kind of let myself kind of like do it throughout the day. So maybe in the morning I'll like start out with like listening to the Bible and then I'll go about my day and then in the afternoon, like I'll listen to worship music. And then at night I'll listen to like a podcast about like, so I'm one of the podcasts I've been listening to lately is Bible Project that I've really been liking. Um, so I just listened to one of their episodes about like what, the actual like Bible and then, um, yeah, just I, I just allow myself to, like, pray all through the day. Like, it doesn't have to be a structured time. Even though having structured times are important, I think I'm just in a space where I can't – not just say I can't, I don't want to. I'll just be honest. I don't want to have a structured time because so I think that throughout the day, I just find myself, like, he tells me to pray for this person. I just pray for them at the spot. You know what I mean? Or I'm thinking about someone, and I'm like, why am I thinking about this person? I just – you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of how my life looks now. Um, maybe one day it'll – go back to a structure that's a little bit, you know, more lenient, like a lenient structure, but right now is kind
1: of where I am. Yeah. I think there's got to be a part of us that gets out of the legalism by completely just shedding it. Right. And so if that means we have to let it go in order to realize, Oh wait, I'm still whole. I'm right. still found. I'm still held. I'm still yeah. covered yeah. without that structured time. Hey, exactly. I thought my whole yeah. life was going to fall apart if I didn't do that.
0: Exactly, exactly. Right.
1: But the other day, a few weeks ago, well, a while back, actually, I, I realized like, Oh, it's been a few days since I like did anything. <laughs> and it was the first time that I ever kind of had that feeling. And there was no guilt. Yes. and It was like, I'm totally okay. Yeah, and God, God. is. He's still pouring into my life and he has still spoken to me and he's still been faithful and I've still been able to love others well. And it, you know, there was just a freedom there and it was kind of a neat moment to recognize right, it.
0: Right. I love that. That's, that's, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And just that um, there's this whole idea of um, just being in unity with God and um, just in the kingdom realm like we are one with him yeah. contributing and receiving and giving and there's not this striving constant yeah. striving you know
0: yeah <laughs> at all you're so
1: young it's <laughs> such a beautiful
0: yeah. it's
1: really beautiful for you to be in that space yeah. at your age it's <laughs> awesome it's really really awesome so yeah, I, think I
0: have to attribute that to like the church that I was at when I was in Georgia um, I made which is really crazy like so I have I didn't so I grew up around white people but I didn't have a lot of white friends so my first ever white friend was Hannah and so Hannah has like Hannah is this person you know she's she is the person who has embodied this for a very long time um and so when, so when she would hear me speak when I was not in this space um she would kind of like gently correct me and be like no but God you know like, <laughs> but God still cares like God still hears you like you don't necessarily have to be like this rigid and I was like oh well, that's not that's not that's not gospel. It doesn't sound right. And so for, it was really my relationship with her, my first, literally my first ever non-black friend, who kind of opened me up to this like world of like God still loves you even in your mistakes, even in your you know your like out of the box thinking or like mindsets or things that you you want your desires. Um, so I'm really grateful for her. She's been my mentor for like a year now. Yeah. So great. Yeah. I think it's really because of her God using her in my life partnering with her in my life to kind of let me loose a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. yeah so she it's so complex. And- <laughs> she had gone through her own thing with like the church and like had come to her own, you know, place with it. So because she had been healed and like come out of it, she was able to help other people. And so yeah, she's awesome. <laughs>
1: That's really cool. Um so with all the work you're doing with teaching the Enneagram and just bringing light to some of the dark places and kind of facing the hard things of today's culture. When do you rest? How do you take care of your heart and not just give and carry the burdens of all that's happening? Or is that hard for you?
0: I don't think it's hard right now. Um, so I'm working part-time, like I said, um, but I, so I work during the week and I draw in the weekend. So I try not to draw during the week. So all my all the work that I do is for the Enneagram is on like Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> So I keep it to those two days. and I just like draw all day. Um, so I think that's the way that I've kind of compartmentalized is not to um, <laughs> work like all day or like all week. Because um, I think that that was I was doing that when the first when the page first blew up, quote unquote. Um, that's what I was doing. I was pulling putting out content every day, and I just was like, this is not what I want to do. And so I put I took a step back, and also I noticed that, or rather, I made a decision that. If I don't want to post, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna, you know, forget the algorithm. Like, who cares? Like, you know, if the page is gonna grow, if God wants it to grow, it's gonna grow. No matter if I post ten times a day or once a week. Like, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I am now. Um, But yeah, my job takes takes a lot of my time. (laughs) Um, so I can't really be, yeah, doing both at the same time. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. So tell us about what the Enneagram promises are, and
0: do you write all of those yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my vision when I first started doing any your promises was like to kind of, what is the word? Like mesh the gospel with the Enneagram. Um, I know that your Enneagram coach like does that really, really well. And I just like, she's super skilled, <laughs> but all, all I know is the Bible. Like I saw, it's the only like framework I had. And so I think that I'm pretty okay at like pairing types with verses. <clears throat> but I wanted to make sure that the verses were in context you're, did you say you're pretty okay yeah, yeah I'm pretty Sorry. okay you're pretty wonderful but yeah I saw that I just when I was reading about back I, I would see verses and I'm like oh that's very like a type one would really appreciate this verse or a type two would really appreciate this verse and so I decided to do those but I think the, the first one I ever did was I did like mini bible studies in the caption that was that was in, like a really really good space to learn this was post or this was pre-Black um, Lives Matter, like, you know the, up, the, in, you know, the uprising of, um, yeah, Black people. This was before that. And then after that, I was just like, what I did when I did the second one, um, I was not in a good space with my, my Bible and with like, my faith at the time. So I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna pick the verses, but you guys are gonna talk about it. Like, you guys are gonna have your own little Bible study. <laughs> You're so smart. <laughs> I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna like, forced myself to do something that was inauthentic to myself. Like I would literally be writing this and be like, I don't believe anything that I'm writing, but I'm just gonna say everything that You know, I just, I just didn't wanna do that. And so, yeah, that was kind of, that's kind of like how the journey started. I don't know if I'm gonna continue it. I think I might wanna make it look a little different, but um, yeah, and I also wanted to choose, um, so I don't know if you've seen like the outfits that I use for those graphics. Um, they're what we call Ankara. That's like second like African fabric or African outfit. So that was me kind of meshing like Nigerian culture, like bringing Nigerian culture into it with the gospel and with, you know, like it was kind of like an infusion of three parts of my identity. Um, so that was a really fun post to make. A lot of work, because you have to be like deep in the, in the Bible and like know the context, because I'm very serious about like context um, and background and not just like pulling a verse out of thin air and be like, this is what I wanted to say, because that's not necessarily how the Bible works. Um, So yeah, I hope I do do an okay job with that. I'm not a pastor. I'm not. I didn't go to seminary. I just literally do a lot of research. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I think you do a fabulous job with it. I'm sure it's easiest to write for your own number.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. In general, it's easier to do anything for my number. I noticed that.
1: Yeah. Well. I mean, of course, well, I don't think anyone expect different than that. That's awesome. Um, one of my favorite posts you ever made. <laughs> I hope it doesn't embarrass you, <laughs> but you, you posted like five, I don't know, maybe four or five things that we don't know about you. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Okay. It was in that moment where I was like, okay, this is my girl. Like <laughs> we, we are good together <laughs> because as you can see, my forehead is... <laughs> Oh, funny. Oh, um, so she said that her she was called five was that your nickname or yeah, is that five. teased <laughs> yeah. and my son says that he gets called that too um yeah. so you know <laughs> we, we can't help our forehead size right, right.
0: um yeah I think I'm also
1: be- also I hit myself in the head at the gym this week <laughs> so I have a big scab on my size five forehead I'm
0: sorry
1: no. <laughs> ridiculous um what were you gonna say about that
0: oh I was gonna say I think the reason why I did that is because I don't know like I think ones I, I think ones and threes like we have a projection of we want people to see us as like these put together people perfect I don't I like that I'm like this is a cute picture but like I'm not I don't I don't look like this right now like I clearly don't <laughs> like, that. like that was a very like photo perfect moment and I think that I've, I've always wanted Instagram to be like a very like show your wins, but also show your losses. Like tell, talk, tell both, like they're both a part of your story. Like show yourself being perfect, like perfect. And also show yourself looking at absolute mess or being an absolute mess. So that's kind of what I want my page, my life to be, honestly, is just like being a whole person and not just this version of, of Dio that people can like digest and like, like, like you're not gonna, you may not like the whole person, but like, this is my whole person, so <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And too, like, don't you find that when you share it, you tend to like it better too. Right? Yeah. You know, I mean, for so long I hid like all of my shame and mm. acted like it wasn't there and really believed it wasn't there <laughs> myself. Like I'd convinced right. myself, but you get to this place where you are carrying all of those mm. things and needs to be, you know, have this image or this success. And it's just, hard work and it drains you and it's exhausting and nobody likes it anyway. (laughs) So it was beautiful. I love um, you. I want to thank you because I have not taken my phone to the bathroom every single time since you said that.
0: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: (laughs) You know, small goals. Right. (laughs) So, so good. So, so good. I love it all. And, um, I just, I value your, your boldness and I value your vulnerability. Um, I am in awe of your blend of just real life and the good stuff, the hard stuff, the true stuff. And I thank you for speaking those things into the world.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
1: um, you, I know that that can be a burden. I mean, everybody feels like they can tell you anything, anytime. Nice. <laughs> because you've put yourself out there. And, um, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you you. and I don't, um, I don't want you to carry any burdens that aren't yours, but thank you for educating us and loving us and inviting us.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I I love words of encouragement. That was great. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for being on Ash and Ivy. Every, our listeners are going to just go bonkers and just fall in love with you. And I'm sure they're all going to go follow your page. So tell them one more time where they can find you.
0: Yes, you can find me on Instagram at the Black Enneagram. Enneagram is spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, I think. That's right. (laughs) Yes, all one word, of course, the Black Enneagram.
1: Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Dio.